Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Two Catholics that are fully vaxxed with the blood of Jesus and fully boosted with the sacraments of the church. I'm on duty. Terry, what about yes, you? Yes, I'm on duty, and I tried to catch it before the show. I really like one of the statements made in the Acts of the Apostles for the reading today oh, about sure. uh, when uh, when uh, he's get, when Peter and the Apostles reply that uh, we must obey God rather than man. And I thought of that today for us. That couldn't be more true today than at any other time in history. You got it. But I'm blessed. I'm here. Tomorrow I leave for Dallas, Fort Worth to do a men's conference. So I'm happy to say that. And also just today's topics. I mean, I got three or four good news stories that I'm going to hit. But I'm, Heck, share them. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Number one, Denmark became the first country to halt its COVID vaccination program. Wow. We're going to be talking about that. So I thought that was kind of appropriate. For us, yeah. and um, another good news story, and this is, uh, I love it, uh, a guy out in Florida, Jesse, DeSantis signed a law banning private election funding, creating an office to investigate voter fraud, because we know how much that went on. Voter fraud was horrible. We all know that. And then um, we're going we're gonna, to uh, give some bad news, again, for California. We've been covering it earlier this week. Jess, are you ready? They're going to raise the sales tax on gas. Starting oh July 1st. Uh, it's like it's not already high enough. It's the highest in the country, and they're going to still raise it higher. I mean, wow. I feel like somebody's put my arm behind my back, and I'm, they're waiting for me to say uncle. <laughs> you know, Unbelievable. But let's yep. get to some good news, uh, because we're going to cover uh, our ladies' apparitions in the Ukraine at the end of the show. We're going to be talking about scientists discovering heart inflammation is more prevalent among vaccinated and unvaccinated, as Jess said, we're vaccinated with the blood of Jesus. That's, right. That's going to help us. Now, <laughs> uh, we're also going to talk. This is really a great article, Jess, because it shows that uh, the infiltration of socialism in the church hundreds of years ago, it was attacking us. And this is a great article. What our good friend from uh, the American family uh, and, tr- and property, tradition, family and property. So we got lots to do, but before we do any of that, let's get the gospel, some soul food, and then... I'll, I'll do the first reading. Help oh, I, that's what I was calling you on. To say. I'm glad you're going to do that, Jeff. Yep, yep. It's powerful. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 5, verse 27, and following. When the court officers had brought the apostles in and made them stand before the Sanhedrin, yep. the high priest questioned them. Okay, so this is the... These are the people that have the authority of God, but they're corrupt, okay? Just so you know. So just because you have authority from God doesn't preserve you from corruption, okay? It says, uh, the high priest questioned them, we gave you strict orders, did we not, to stop teaching in that name. What name? The name of Jesus. Last time I was in Israel with Steve Ray, I remember uh, one of the tour guides told us, that the only two names that Israelis cannot say in the Holy Land, you cannot say in public the name of Hitler, Adolf Hitler, or Jesus Christ. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, Israeli tour guides you know, told Steve Ray and myself, we were asking questions. They said those names are not allowed for Israelis to be uttered on our lips. This is how, how, how deep the blindness still persists today. Wow. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and want to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles, in fact, that's exactly what we want. We do want the blood of Jesus upon us. Amen. because That's what saves our soul. Amen, brother. 
But Peter and the apostles said in reply, we must obey God rather than men. Amen. Now, I wish those words were uttered and, 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 ba- and basically acted upon by every bishop in the United States Ugh. against their pro-abortion, uh, pro-Marxist politician. Amen. I wish those lips would and say, I'm going to go. I'll go to jail. I don't care, but I'm going to defy you. I'll tell you the one that said it, Bishop Strickland. Okay, praise the Lord. We need more of those. Yeah, it says, the God of, and now Peter says, the God of our ancestors raised Jesus, though you had him killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to grant Israel repentance and forgiveness of sins. So Peter just told his fellow Israelites, he gave them the good news. He didn't say, oh, by the way, Keep on doing your animal sacrifices in the temple of Jerusalem. Keep slaughtering thousands of lambs every year. Keep doing, uh, you know, going to the, to the synagogue and listening to the law of the prophets. No, no. He told them how to get to heaven. Yep. He, he said, God sent his son to die for your sins and you guys killed him. Peter goes on to say, we are witnesses of these things. In other words, we saw this. We saw Jesus from the... From the moment he started his public ministry at the age of 30 to the moment you killed him, we saw him raised from the dead and we saw him ascend into heaven. We are witnesses of these things. And it says, as is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Let me just say something. Not everybody has a Holy Spirit. Every human being that's born through the egg sperm fusion of a male and a female, they're a creature of God. God is their creator but he's not their father. We become, we, we, we go from the status of creature of God to son or daughter of God at baptism. Baptism translates you from the kingdom of carnal darkness into the kingdom of the glorious light of Jesus Christ. And, and uh, the, the, the first reading ends by saying this, Peter says, St. Peter, the first Pope says, when they heard this, oh, this is a Sanhedrin, which is basically the the Israeli Supreme Court at the time of of Christ. When they heard this, they became infuriated and wanted to put them to death. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Those words should be burned in our hearts. We must obey God rather than men, whether you're a pope, a bishop, a priest, a lay person, a nun. Uh, Every single one of us, we have to remember that we're here to get out of here. None of us us are guaranteed, uh, you know, a, a cakewalk here. Life on planet Earth is St. Casper of Buffalo. He said that life on planet Earth is a school of crosses. Did you hear that? Yes. Life on planet Earth is a school of crosses. Amen. And God has hewn his own cross for you. It's not one inch too big, not one inch too small, not one pound too heavy. It's exactly the cross that you need to sanctify your soul and to make it to heaven. And remember, there's no saint without a past. And there's no sinner without a future, Terry. Well said, Jess. Hey, uh, St. Francis de Sales has my carrying my cross. You can Google that. That's a powerful prayer to pray. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Full feet ahead. And because we're talking about mercy and divine mercy last Sunday, and I took the scriptures today, I thought, well, um, Bishop Sheen's got a special guest on the train today, St. Faustina. Check this out. I believe we're at a very similar time that St. Faustina was, 1937, October 20th, she wrote this. Because the things look really grim about war right now. Here's a, a little thing she wrote on that date in 1937. 
The bark of my life sails along amid darkness and shadows of night, and I see no shore. I am sailing the high seas. Relate this to your life. The slightest storm would drown me, engulfing my boat in the swirling depths if it were if you yourself did not watch over me. Living in the presence of God gives her that confidence. Oh God, at each instant and moment of my life, amid the roaring waves, I sail peacefully. See, Jesse, why are we not scared, Jess? Because we're living in the presence of God. And St. Faustina is telling us this is what we need to do in these times. She says, I sail peacefully, trustingly, and gaze like a child into the distance without fear. Because you, O oh Jesus, are my light. I love that. Dread and terror is all about me. Yeah, that's right. But within my soul is peace more profound than the depths of the sea. I'm almost finished, folks. But this is going to be applying to us today. She said it in 1937, right before World War II. And I'm going to make a prediction. We're at the brink of another war. We should have our trust in Jesus. For he who is with you, O Lord, will not perish. Of this your love assures me, O God. Though a host of dangers surround me, none of them do I fear. See, we shouldn't have fear, Jess. Fear is useless, the Bible says. What is needed is trust. Exactly, brother. For I fix my gaze on on the starry sky, and I sail along bravely and with merit as becoming a pure heart. And if the ship of my life sails so peacefully, this is due to but one thing above all. You are my helmsman. Yes, God. This I confess with ultimate humility. See, she nailed it, Jess. We have to put our trust in Jesus Christ. So many people call me, I'm scared. We're going to have this happen. We're going to have a nuclear holocaust. If you're living in the state of grace. Who cares? You got it, Jess. Yeah, you just go, you just go home faster than you, than you anticipated. Uh, again, anybody who believes in Jesus Christ and his promises and lives in a state of grace, for us, death becomes a positive option. We were never meant to live on planet Earth forever. So just get over it uh, and just uh, keep, keep, get over it. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And uh, just know that that soon it will all be over. Be, before you know it, soon it will all be over. By the way, St. Louis de Montfort, uh, pray for us. Yes. His feast day today. Yes. He was from Brittany, France. He was born in 1673, ordained a priest after Pope Clement XI, named him an apostolic missionary. Awesome. He traveled through France, calling sinners to repentance with dramatic gestures. He labored tirelessly to have a life-size replica of Calvary built near Pont Chateau. Authorities raised it to the ground. St. Louis' response was, The Lord allowed me to have this Calvary made, and today he allowed it to be destroyed. May his holy name be praised. Awesome. Uh, prayer to Mary, especially the Rosary, sustained him. He founded the Company of Mary. We call them the Montfort Missionaries, whose members continue to preach the gospel. He died in 1716. Pray for us, St. Louis de Montfort. Amen. And it's going to fit right into what we're going to talk about when we come back how Christian socialism infiltrated into the church. And we're going to talk about, yes, the French Revolution. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We will be fighting socialism until the second coming of Christ. Uh, This was predicted by Our Lady of Fatima. Uh, This is a 
We've had 150 years of papal condemnations. So the question is how Christian socialism has infiltrated into the Catholic Church. The roots of this crisis extend much farther back than the times of the Second Vatican Council. Oh, yeah. It can be seen in the appearance of Christian socialism in the 19th century. Uh, indeed, the first manifestations of Christian socialism came directly from the French Revolution. That's right. And thus predated social Catholicism. During the French Revolution, there were factions that, taking the motto of, quote, liberty, equality, fraternity, close quote, to its ultimate consequences, adopted communist positions. The most prominent representative of this trend was Francois Noel Babouf, called Bracus. He died in 1797. He said, quote, the French Revolution is nothing but the precursor of another revolution, one that will be greater, more solemn, and which will be the last, wow. close quote. Wow. So what's the first step in the process? Historian Pierre Gazot said his idea, uh, talking about uh, uh, Francois Noël Babouf, his idea is that the French Revolution had failed because it had not been carried out to the end. But this was a this was just a first step towards a radical reform of property. That is towards a community of good work of goods and works. Obviously, full collectivism would have been dictatorial. Remember, the Catechism rejects collectivism, uh, and also the Catholic Church uh, also uh, b believes that all of us have, the, by by natural law, the ability to have our own property. Yeah. For those radical factions, one had to eliminate not only the king in the state, but also the king in society, the employer, and the king in the family. That's paternal authority. That's what Black Lives Matter and Antifa are all about. Yep. And the left, they're all about destroying paternal authority. They've already done it in the black community quite successfully, and now they're doing it in every other community. The clearly utopian dream of, of a perfectly egalitarian and free society without classes, property, or the monogamous family loomed then on the horizon, and fascination with this dream brought about the so-called utopian social socialism represented in France by many uh, by many French leftists. Yep. Uh, there's at least a half a dozen that I could name. But Terry, what about what's the, what about well, the founder that, of revolutionary Catholicism? It's, yeah. Bachets exerted a particularly significant influence on the left wing of social Catholicism. Are you ready for this? Founder of the French Carbonari. 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 Yeah, that's uh, those are the Masons. Those are the Italian. That's Masons. what I thought. Is the Mason yep. side okay? Italian. Uh, he, Masons. he converted to Catholicism right in 1830, but did not abandon his social ideology. Ideologies. Lots of guys come into the church to infiltrate the church. In my opinion, yeah. now he explains that he, the founder of Christianity, a faith that promised to realize the equality and brotherhood of men, and delivered them from the egotism that sets one against another. Now, Bouchette then became apostle of a revolutionary Christianity. Malformed. See, the typical malformed Catholic. And, and it's going to talk about what we have with liberation theology. This all has been going on for hundreds of years with words that seem to come from the pen of a present-day liberation theology, theologian. He proclaimed Christianity and revolution are the same thing. Do you see how things repeat, Jess? This is amazing. The church's only mistake is not to be revolutionary. According to the liberal Bouchette. That's, 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 but again, this was hundreds of years before the, uh, the, um, the, I should say, 
Marxism in Central America. You see the roots go all the way back to the French Revolution. Continue, Jeff. You got it. Bouches, yeah. uh, this, this is this, uh, the founder of this revolutionary Catholicism. Yeah, social Catholicism, we call yeah. it. Yeah. Bouches' influence went beyond social Catholicism, penetrating even the liberal Catholic current. Some of his disciples joined the Dominican Order, which had been restored in France by a close friend of his, Father Henry Lacordaille, who died in 1861. This was the origin of the progressive wing in France's Dominican community, which played a central role in the development of the neo-modernist theology and eventually of liberation theology itself. Yep. In the wake of the 1848 revolution, a Christian socialist current arose in France, and many priests joined it. On April 29, 1849, a banquet of socialist priests was held in Paris, and more than 600 guests, including clergy and workers, there were many toasts to, quote, Jesus of Nazareth, the father of socialism. Can you imagine this, Jesse? By these priests. Again, the uh, uh, modernist heretics already back in in the 19th century. In the closing speech, one of these modernist revolutionary priests proclaimed, quote, Yes, citizens, I say this at the top of my voice. I am a Republican socialist priest, one of those who are called Red Republicans, but also a Catholic (laughs) priest. Then turning to the working men, he added, We want your emancipation. We will no longer allow the exploitation of man by man, close quote. There we see again where these people are starting to turn the gospel horizontal instead of vertical. Yep. Interestingly, only three (laughs) of the more than 30 priests present wore the cassock. While the remaining were in civilian clothes, surprise, surprise, evidently they wanted to emancipate themselves not only from employers, but also from ecclesiastical rules, flaunting a revolutionary spirit in the field of tendencies, Terry. We would call these guys the liberals in the church today, yes. okay? Yeah. Now, the earth grows of Christian socialism, right? If the utopian Christian socialists had no great following, at least in its public events, remained a mere idea on the distant horizon, there was not the fate of socialism born from the left of social Catholicism in the late 19th century. Think about this too, Jesse. The popes were writing against all this and, you know, when I write this, when I read this, I go, man, they were following all this. The Holy Fathers were right spot on condemning all this as it went out. Now, in France, they usually indicate a watershed, the Workers' Conference held in Lyons in 1896 in Italy. It was, a, it was the appearance in 1891, a long time ago, that the, these democratic uh, people, squads, yeah. squads, inspired by this Father Maria, M- Murray, Initially a minority, the socialists grew in importance to a point controlling large sectors of social Catholicism. All right? Now, Jess, however, this current never became a majority, thanks be to God. Why, Jesse? Because the Pope spoke out, and this is why we need the Holy Father to be speaking out about yokeism and all the socialism right now. When the Church speaks clearly on things— People will listen, but with ambiguity. Sorry, I had to, this is not part of the article, but this is my take on why it was c- condemned and slowed. The process was slowed up because the church responded. Now, uh, I'll just say this: that forces to choose between fidelity to the church and the socialist commitment, many opted for the later. Such was the case with Father uh, Maria. Now, just talk about the voice of Rome, man, because this is what I like. 
although Pius the Ninth yeah. had already addressed he did. some of the aspects of the social question, the first great synthesis of Catholic social doctrine came from Leo the Thirteenth. Way back when. Yes, uh, he died in 1903. Yep. He wrote he wrote the, in 1891 yep. an encyclical called Rerum Novarum. Famous. It's rightly considered the church's cornerstone yep. of the church's social teaching. That's right. It was the first to deal comprehensively with problems related to the social question or to the social upheaval caused by the Industrial Revolution. It's interesting to note that Pope Leo XIII, by denouncing the, the tendential aspects of the social question, even before dealing with the doctrinal ones, mm -hmm. in fact, he blamed the ardent desire for novelty that, for a long time, began to agitate people and would naturally move from the political order to the socio-economic one. Pope Leo XIII then condemned socialism call, in, in Rebrum Novarum. Yep. He calls it a false remedy and an unacceptable solution. And, and Too bad this isn't read by... Uh, to, to, <laughs> this isn't thunderously read by Pope Francis to the uh, World Economic Forum and the World Economic Council and the United Nations. They need to hear this thunderously from another pope, Terry. I'm not holding my breath. No, we do need that. And that's the key, though, what I'm trying to say is the magisterial teachings of the church are, are clearly um, speaking out on this. I'll give you an example. This is the German church. Pope Francis needs to condemn the German church because what they're doing is going to spread to other parts of the church. Now, I'm not in management. I'm in sales. But it just makes sense. I've seen history. When you have strong leadership in the church, it, it really helps us tremendously. Jesse, one of the things that defense of private property. Oh, this affects you, Terry. They like to, they like to make you a, a, a broke homeless man. <laughs> Boy, the socialists would like to go after Terry Barber. Yeah, well, I, I got to <laughs> say this, that while rejecting the abuses of unbridled capitalism, which is St. John Paul II, that the Pope clarifies the church approves some foundations of market economy as derived from natural order on private property. He teaches, are you ready? There is no need to bring in the state. Man precedes the state and possesses prior to the formation of any state the right of providing the substance of his body and provide ownership in accordance with the law of nature. The authority of these divine laws, its sanctions forbidding us to several terms even to covet, covet that which is another's private ownership is a natural right of man. You see, Jesse, there are people in the church that say, no, no, you shouldn't own it. We should, we should, nobody should own anything. Go ahead, Jess. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Klaus Schwab yeah, that's what he said. and Yuval Harari. Yep. Uh, these two uh, scientists from across the pond are saying that by 2030, none of us will ho own that's anything right. Right. and we will be happy. Yeah, the state, it's a big mama, the state. Yeah. The Christian virtue is the only way to attain social balance. The freedom to make employment contracts and own and manage business enterprises yep. stems from the natural right. That's right. Leo XIII goes on to list, along with the rights arising from private property, those deriving from work as something inherent in the person that cannot be limited either by the employer or by the state, including the right to free association, all of, all of it within a hierarchical des design that includes the need for social inequalities. In addition to the precepts of justice, social relations must be inspired by charity. And since this field is outside the scope of the law... It follows that only with the practice of Christian virtue can one attain social balance. In the encyclical Gravis de Comuni, Leo XIII reiterates, For it is the opinion of some 
and the error is already very common that the social question is merely an economic one, whereas in point of fact it is, above all, a moral and religious matter. Exactly. And for that reason, must be settled by the principles of morality according to the dictates of religion. The Catholic left distorts social teaching. Unfortunately, sectors of social Catholicism read Pope Leo XIII's encyclical in a different light, starting a period of hermeneutic abuse yep. that was clarified only in 1903 by Pope St. Pius X with the motu proprio fin dalla prima. Rerum Novarum destroyed many misgivings and resistance among intransigent Catholics, giving confidence to the most reckless generation of social Christians to the Christian democratic current, which eventually outgrew the old guard. In other words, Christian socialism gained momentum by distorting Catholic teaching. You nailed it. That's you, it. You nailed it. We, and that's, that's where we got liberation theology. And yeah, that's where I was just going to go. Liberation theology all the way back to the French Revolution. When we come back, we're going to shift gears. Scientists discover heart inflammation more prevalent among vaccinated. No surprise. Stay with me. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Surprise, surprise. Scientists discover heart inflammation more prevalent among vaccinated than unvaccinated. Yep. Scientists have discovered that heart inflammation is more prevalent. Yep. Uh, and uh, this is not something that surprises us. No way. We knew we, we we knew that uh, we knew that we weren't being dealt uh, an honest deck of cards. Nope. Heart inflammation requiring hospital care was more common among people who received COVID nineteen vaccines than those who did not, according to a new study of tens of millions of Europeans. So we're not talking about just sampling ten people; millions of people. Yeah. The rates of myocarditis, a heart problem and pericarditis, two types of heart inflammation, are above the levels in an unvaccinated cohort pegged at 38 per 100,000 after receipt of a second dose of a vaccine built on messenger RNA or mRNA technology in males aged 16 to 24. The group studies have shown are most at risk of the post-vaccination condition. Researchers with health agencies in Finland, Denmark, Sweden, and Norway found. Here's what they said. Yep. These extra cases among men aged 16 to 24 correspond to a five times increased risk after comernity and 15 times increased risk after spike vax, two jabs, compared to the unvaccinated. Dr. Richard uh, Jung, a professor and physician at the Swedish Medical Products Agency, and one of the principal investigators of the study. Comernity is the brand name for Pfizer's vaccine, while, while Spikevax is the brand name for Moderna's jab. Surprise, surprise. Rates were also higher among the age group from those who received any dose of the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines, both of which utilize mRNA technology, yep. And rates were elevated among vaccinated males of all ages after the first or second dose, except for the first dose of Moderna shot for those 40 or older and females 12 to 15 years old. Researchers pulled data from national health registers analyzing 23.1 million people aged 12 or older 
The analysis was of data from December 27, 2020 to incidents of myocarditis and pericarditis at the end of the study time period, which was October 5, 2021. Here's what they said. It comes. Here, it comes from the Journal of American Medical Association Peer Review. The risks of myocarditis and pericarditis were highest within the first seven days of being vaccinated, were increased for all combinations of mRNA vaccines, and were more pronounced after the second dose. That's what the study said. Some previous studies have indicated that the risk of heart inflammation is higher from the company's vaccines or certain doses of the vaccines than from the COVID-19 itself. Terry? Jesse, I just want to jump in and say this. Yeah. We've been lied to, okay? Mm. That's just the bottom line. And you know what it reminds me of 50 years before when they lied to us about abortion? Yeah. They tell the lie often enough it becomes the truth. They yeah. told us this vaccine was going to be good for us. It'll stop you from getting COVID-19, which it didn't. And so now we're getting more and more data on all this, and it's showing that it's killing people. I've experienced it here at the chapel. We do so many funerals, up to 30 funerals in a month. And I see young people dying, and I go, oh, what did he die? Well, he died of uh, this um, heart failure. He did this. What? The guy's 23 years old. <laughs> Was he vaccinated? Oh, yeah, he got vaccinated. Oh, okay. Just, okay. I mean, this is happening more and more. And I think it's good that you pulled this article up. Because here's the kicker of all this, Jesse. What you just said, Moderna and Pfizer didn't respond to requests for comments. You know why, Jess? They don't. They've been sued so long by other times of other things they've produced that, you know, they're, they're fortunate because the government said we won't hold you responsible. So they don't have to respond. There's no culpability, There's no culpability here. So here's my point. Some previous studies have indicated that the risk of this heart inflammation is higher from the company's vaccines or certain doses of vaccines than from COVID-19 itself. And others have concluded the opposite, including a recent non-peer review study from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, though that is one of the papers that has estimated a higher rate of post-vaccination heart inflammation. So authorities in the United States and many European countries continue to recommending vaccinations for virtually every eligible person, regardless of age, health, condition, or prior infection. I'll let you continue. My comment, though, is this is insidious what they're doing. Continue. The Nordic countries, however, halted use of Moderna's vaccine in 2021 for youth and young adults due to concerns over post-vaccination heart inflammation. So at least at least we got a couple of honest. And, and as I mentioned, Denmark yeah. has become the first country to halt all vaccination programs. That surprises me because those are pretty progressive liberal. Exactly, countries. Jesse. But the, see, here's the point. Are they going to take the facts and really look at them and say, hey, this is bad? Or are they just not going to look at it and say, well, tough. We're, we're, this is a population program to, de, to depopulate the country. And let's just get over it. Continue, please. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, but mm-hmm. not all doctors are buying into it exactly. because some some of them still have a conscience, yeah. like the ones in the Nordic countries. Yep. Uh, Zhang, Dr. Zhang, said he cannot answer whether the results mean some people should consider only a single dose or no doses of a COVID-19 vaccine because the Swedish medical practice agencies doesn't give those types of recommendations. Yeah, I'll give you a recommendation. Yeah, it works. Really. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, okay? Exactly. And a boatload of vitamins. Yep. 
In a press release promoting the study, researchers said the occurrence of the heart inflammation is very rare and claimed that benefits of these vaccines to reduce the risk of severe COVID-19 and death outweigh the risk of side effects. This is one guy that every one of us should trust because he's he's proved himself to be a voice of reason and truth. Dr. Peter McCullough, the chief medical advisor for the Truth for Health uh, for the Truth for Health Foundation, and a cardiologist who has seen pace, patients with post-vaccination heart inflammation, he disagreed. He said, in cardiology, we spend our entire career trying to save every bit of heart muscle. We put in stents. We do heart catheterization. We do stress tests. We do CT angiograms. The whole game of cardiology is to preserve heart muscle. Dr. McCullough told the Epic Times, under no circumstances would we accept the vaccine that causes even one person to, to sustain heart damage. Not one. Yeah. And this idea that, oh, we're going to ask a large number of people to sustain heart damage for some other theoretical benefit for a viral infection, which for most is less than a common cold, is untenable medically. The benefits of the, va- of the vaccine in no way outweigh the risk. Dr. Peter McCall is not alone in saying that. No. you got a whole uh, organization called America yeah. Frontline Doctors. Dr. French and others yeah. are saying the exact yeah. same thing. The thing that they forgot is the risk-benefit that Dr. French kept repeating to us when he was on our show. What's the risk? What's the benefit? And as Dr. McCulloch said, we're not going to take a risk uh, for this when there's no big benefit from it. And I think that that has been the theme throughout these two years of COVID-19. We don't take in consideration the risk of the vaccine we're taking with the benefits. And once if we did do that, we would have never gone down this road. And this is what Dr. French said that in science and in, as a doctor, that he was trained to do that. And then all of a sudden in 2020, that didn't take place. And he said to himself, why are they not using what we've always been taught? And I'm going to say this, Jesse, it's because they had an agenda. And the agenda was to cut down the population people and yes. get people to die and not make it look so obvious. Oh, oh yeah, well, you know, kids, have, uh, they have uh, other issues. And so they're, they're dying and they're trying to hide it. But as the years go on, Jesse, more information, more data is going to come out and show that what we had said two years ago was correct. These people are cold-blooded murderers. Yep, These globalists. It. And and this pandemic scandemic was planned. Yep, very this, much. Uh, these thousands of medical doctors uh, who have become part of the globalist plan, <laughs> uh, this whole globalist cl- crime syndicate to depopulate the earth. Yep. We're, we're living under right now, Terry, a soft world dictatorship. That's it. You nailed that, it. That it's a soft yep. world dictatorship. That's right. Uh, you know, Bill Gates is part of it. Fauci's part of it. Yep. Klaus Schwab's part of it. Uh and you you find you know people such as Bill Gates himself uh, back up until up up until about ten years ago he was talking on the internet in TED talks he was saying we've got to reduce the world's population by about ten to fifteen percent uh, you have uh, also the the Freemasons that that are just fully you know their heads in the camel their, their noses inside the camel tent uh, the Freemasons they put up a huge monument back in 1980 it's called the the guide the guideposts. Uh, it's over in, I think it's in Oklahoma. Yeah, it is. But the, but the Ten Commandments of Freemasonry says, commandment number one, we must reduce the human race to half a billion people. Yep. You also got the Rockefeller Foundation. They came out with a, 
a step-by-step guide. It's a handbook uh, of how they could uh, we could lock down the world, uh, top-down control from authoritarian governments, and uh, this is something that they've been planning. Uh, this is a top-down control. This this censorship of of good doctors and scientists and other experts. This is being planned, Terry, again, by by the Marxists, Masons, and Modernists, the three enemies of Christianity, the three enemies that we'll be battling until the second coming of Christ. And this is why Holy Mother, the Church, and we're part of the Church, are exposing these errors with truth. What do we expose it with? The Gospel, the good news. Repent and believe. All this right now is an opportunity for us to speak the truth about Jesus Christ to a world that's been duped by uh, false teachings. And this is a great time to be alive. And I'm, I'm glad that you, our listener, are supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. My phone is b- burning up right now with people saying, awesome show. Thanks for doing what you're doing. <laughs> well, we're just doing our duty, Jess. No, mo- no more, no less. Yeah, we're called to be joyful warriors exactly. in the midst of this battle. So, yeah. you know, stop lamenting, stop complaining, be joyful. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is my strength. What is Where does joy come from? The world can't take joy away. The nope. world could take, the world could take your toys away. That, that that they would take your happiness. Joy is internal. Joy is knowing that Jesus Christ is alive and well, and He's coming back, and we know where we're headed when we die. We're going to the New Jerusalem. That's where joy comes from. And we've got a great story about our ladies' uh, alleged uh, apparitions in the Ukraine. Stay with us, family. Inspiring. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. There is uh, alleged apparitions of Our Lady of Ukraine. Yep. I, uh, these are, and there's some 20th century prophecies attached to this. This is, comes from an article, churchpop.com. It's owned by EWTN, this website. It's for... It's a website for young people. They try to go after uh, the younger audience, younger Catholics. Mm -hmm. Churchpop.com, short, pithy articles. So it says, did you know Our Lady allegedly appeared in Ukraine? That's the word allegedly because they they haven't received final approval. So Uh, in 1914, and again in 1987, Our Lady allegedly appeared in the village of Rushiv, Ukraine. The first alleged, uh, the first alleged apparition Occurred on May 12, 1914, just before World War I broke out. Our Lady appeared to 22 people working the fields near the Church of the Holy Trinity in Rushiv, Ukraine. This was her first 1914 message. Quote, There will be a war. Russia will become a godless country. Ukraine as a nation will suffer terribly for 80 years and will have to live through the world wars but will be free afterwards, close quote. Well, that's pretty accurate if that's exact, if that, if that was said. <laughs> that's true. Because Ukraine suffered underneath the KGB terror for almost 80 years under communist terror. Yep. They became independent on August 24th, 1991. Mm. And the second apparition occurred in 1987 to 12-year-old Maria Kazin, also in Rushiv. Because the 1914 prophecy was fulfilled, a friend of the show, Father Mark Goring, Canadian priest, said that the Catholic Church takes the allegedly 1987 apparitions seriously. Our Lady appeared on April 27, 1987, 
exactly one year after the Chernobyl disaster, approximately 500,000 people supposedly witnessed these apparitions, including the KGB soldiers. I love these quotes, Jesse. Hit them. Go ahead. No, these quotes are great. Yeah. This is what the quotes are. I have come on purpose to thank the Ukrainian people because you have suffered most for the Church of Christ in the last 70 years, Our Lady said. Bullet two, Jess. Yeah, these are the alleged quotes of Our Lady of Ukraine back in 1987. Quote number two. Our Lady allegedly said, "I I have come to comfort you and to tell you that your suffering will soon come to an end. Ukraine will become an independent state. And it Close did. Quote. Yep. Another one allegedly said, do not forget those who have died in the Chernobyl disaster. Chern- that's that's Chern- the, Chern- Chernobyl. Yeah, Chernobyl. That's yeah. the one that uh, with the nuclear fallout is a reminder and a sign for the whole world. Mm. Oh. Next bullet. Forgive your enemies. Through you and the blood of martyrs will come the conversion of Russia. Repent and love one another. The times are coming which have been foretold as being those in the end times. Wow. 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 That's, that's pretty powerful. Nah. See the desolation which surrounds the world. Sin, sloth, genocide. Pray for Russia's oppression and the wars continue to occupy the minds and hearts of many people. Russia, uh, it kind of cut out. What did it say, Russia? Despite, Despite everything. Despite everything continues to deny my son. Wow. Mm. Russia rejects real life and continues to live in darkness if there is not a return to Christianity in Russia, there will be a third world war. Wow. And the whole world will face ruin. You bet if that happens, you're not yeah. kidding it would. Now, remember, these are alleged, an alleged apparition and alleged statements. So mm-hmm. we're not saying that this is gospel, but, you know, it seems to track in the right direction yep. with, uh, with what we believe as Catholics. And the last uh, statement made by, allegedly made by Our Lady of Ukraine is... Teach the children to pray. This is awesome. Teach them to live in truth and live yourselves in truth. Amen. Say the rosary. It is the weapon against Satan. He fears the rosary. Recite the rosary at any gathering of people. Wow. That's great advice. I don't know. Like I said, whether she said it or not, it's sound advice, Jess. Yeah, it, it sure is. And, and I, I'll tell you, uh, it's, it, when, when people say, you know, Russia bad and mm-hmm. Ukraine good, that's uh, I think it's we got bad. That, I know. Yeah, it's not that simple. Nope. I think I'll, we got I'll, bad act. I think we got bad actors in in both places. Much They're, more complicated than what you just said. And you're absolutely right. And I'll tell you why I say that because uh, Ukraine tomorrow on the Jesus nine one one show I'm going to be talking about Ukraine being it's one of the largest uh, countries that practices witchcraft and the occult on planet earth wow so i'm going to be talking about that on jesus 911 in the morning about the way ukraine is kind of the it's the new salem massachusetts it, they, they have the biggest uh you know the, the biggest witchcraft covens in the world right now and and ukraine it's become kind of like the, the, the mecca uh, huh? it, yeah it's become like the mecca of 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 uh of occult practitioners wow around the world. So I'll, I'll be talking about that tomorrow. Also in Ukraine, again, it isn't that easy to say Russia bad, Ukraine good. Nope. Ukraine is also part of a huge, I think it's like the third country in Europe that uh, that provides more more abortions. It's not that big of a country either. Uh, it's like number three in terms of, of, of the abortions being committed every single day. And in Ukraine, 
what they're doing is they're taking stem cells and baby parts and they're selling them throughout the world. Yep. So that's a fact. Yeah, you have some evil things going on in that country. Ukraine, it's a woke nation. Yeah. It's a woke nation. And their president, he's not a good guy. No, nope, eh? that's a fact. Uh, yeah, President Zelensky is. Uh, he's all for the uh, yeah, world, he, one world government, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's all in. But, Terry, there's, there's also. And, and again, here's just, again, my personal theology comes in. When somebody, well, not, I'm not, St. Jerome actually says, when somebody has problems with personal chastity, they're also going to have problems with orthodox theology. Of course. In other words, you can't be doing breaking the sixth and ninth commandment and then, and then say the right things that comport with natural law and divine law. You're not going to do that. Uh, if, you're, if you're physically and sexually disordered, you're going to be intellectually disordered. Now, having said that, look, there's several websites here. Let me read some of them sure. here. Ukraine president uh, Zelensky seen dancing in homosexual video online. Yeah. Next, next article. Actor, comedian, homosexual, meet the man who now runs, uh, who now runs Ukraine. Yeah. Here's uh, another one. Ukraine president uh, Zelensky shuts down homophobic heckler in a rare display of LGBT tolerance. Here's another one. Uh, Pres- Ukraine President Zelensky dances in, 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 a, in a pro-homosexual skit. Okay? Yep. Uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky, it says here, in a, gay, in a video for a gay show. I'm just reading to you the headlines. Yep. Uh, Troubling. Z- Zelensky's gay dance. Uh, another one. Uh, this is the real Zelensky, a violent racist. So what I'm telling you is for somebody to say Poon's a bad guy and Zelensky's a good guy, that's, no. over, that's over simple, simplifying things. Uh, Zelensky's not a good guy either, Terry. I agree. And just that's good. I'll be on Jesus 911. If it's not going to be on your, on your station, you can always get the app from going to vmpr.org to register and pick it, that, uh, our app and you can listen to this any place in the world. And so I keep you in that in mind. Jess, this whole point of the Ukraine, we need to be praying for peace. We need to be praying for the people. Yeah. Unfortunately, the innocent are the ones who are suffering the greatest. And so uh, I think that uh, your show tomorrow should be very interesting. And I just want to ask everybody to be praying for the people in Russia and in the Ukraine that this madness will stop because nobody's benefiting from this in the sense of, of uh, this war uh, the, between the two. It's only, I think, um, it's only benefiting people who are high-profile people who like to feel like they can call the shots. That's my take. If I'm oversimplifying it, just tell me. But I see that this is really just um, big, the big shots calling the shots and not letting the little people off on it where they're paying a terrible price. Let me make three uh, three observations about war in general. Yeah. Uh, number war, number one, war comes as a result of sin. Yep, it's a punishment. That's what Our Lady said. It's a our, punishment. Our, La- our Lady of Fatima. Yep. Okay? Yep. Another observation I'll make is that I forget which great war general he said, uh, "War is hell." Yeah. War is hell. And Patton was, said that. I think uh, he, one of those great yeah, yeah. generals. He said that, that. I remember that. That was a war hero. He says, "This is crap. This yeah. is hell. Yep. Okay? Nobody has fun doing this." Right. And the third thing that I would say about war is that uh, 
unfortunately, it's going to be here unless we repent as a That's nation. Right. You got it. Second Chronicles 7.14. There has to be national repentance, yep. and there has to be individual repentance. Now, I think there's a lot of individual repentance. I think when God looks down from heaven mm -hmm. to the United States, I think he sees at least 50 righteous people. Oh, yeah. I think he does. But when it comes to national repentance, Second Chronicles 7.14 says there has to do both so that God can heal a land. I don't see, Terry, right now the present people in the Oval Office bringing us to national repentance over abortion and homosexual LGBT issues. I'm with you. They're the perpetrators of that. Yeah. Now, Trump, I think with Trump, even uh, coming back to his Protestant faith a couple of years ago, I could see him as being the leader of, of leading America to national repentance over these sins that offend God. I don't see uh, Biden uh, leading the country to national repentance. That's my take. No, what Biden has done is led us into de debauchery on every level. Let's just be honest, Jess. Hey, I just want to say I'm going to be out tomorrow, Jess. I'll be out in Texas. I'll be praying for you guys. Safe travels, brother. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I want to just take this time to thank everyone who supports Virgin Most Powerful. What we just covered today, you don't hear really on the local news or even on many uh, stations. And so uh, I want to pre I say thank the Catholic stations that play our show. Amen. Because uh, that they take courage to put on the Terry and Jesse show, Jesus 911, and other shows that we have because we're we're not part of the uh, the uh, you know the good old boys good old network boys network. We were not, and and we paid a price for that. And I want to thank you, Jess, and I thank all of our people at Virgin Most Powerful because they made a decision to promote the gospel a hundred percent, even if it means being cut off. And uh, I just think that's what we have to do. Because I remember uh, Father saying, never worry about who will offend you if you speak the truth. And that's what we try to do. I don't care about offending you. I don't want to offend God. Yes, uh, wrap it up, brother. Yeah, Terry, uh, the most important thing that we can do with ourselves is uh, become holy or die trying. Yep. Become a saint. Uh, as uh, Pat Coffin says, what else is there? Yep. Live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sins. Become holy or die trying. And as St. Peter said to the Catholics in the first century, uh, he says, flee from this corrupt generation. And remember the first reading Jess started the show off with, we must obey God rather than man. That's the bottom line. Don't forget Our Lady said it, more souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Let's offer our sacrifices for the salvation of souls. Well, it's the benefits are out of this world. And I want to thank all of those people who have been supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful. May God richly, and I mean richly, bless you and your family. Keep the faith. God bless you.